0: Welcome to Starlight, a space-themed D&D opera. My name is Sam Williams, and I'm the voice behind Clive Jensen, your favorite cybernetic cowboy. I just want to take a moment to thank everyone for tuning in. This show is a passion project for all of us, and without you, it wouldn't be possible. After the show, if you could drop us a review on iTunes, this will help us further our goal of reaching the furthest corners of the galaxy and allow us to provide the best adventure for every spacer. Thank you, everyone. And with that, let us continue into Starlight.
1: Hi, guys. I regretfully am informing you guys that the audio quality is not up to snuff on my end here. It would seem that sometime in our recording when I was setting up, there wasn't an issue on the microphone end, but something went wrong between the connection of my interface and my laptop, which seems to have resulted in not the best quality sounding audio. While it is workable in our not as good backups picked up the sound. you will find that it's not up to the normal quality level that I that you, we, we are used to. So I want you to know that we find this to be kind of unacceptable and to have this fixed going forward. Thank you for sticking with us and I hope that there is some enjoyment still found in this episode because although the audio quality is not up to where it is, the content is very fun and very great. In this episode, we introduce and use the follower's companion sheet for the first time. Now, if you want to check that out and see how we organize playable followers and sometimes use them in the place of magic items, you can find those articles for free without any paywall over at our Patreon at starlightadventures.patreon. All right. Enjoy. Here we go. Roll for initiative. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Starlight, and this time we are super pumped. We, as in me and Sam, because we are going and we are focusing in on what Clive Jensen is going to be doing. He's been brewing some magic adventure, and yeah, we can't wait to share it. But before we get into that and go through uh, introductions and characters... The show is brought to you by the Heroes Journal and Loki Battle Mats. If you get a chance, check out the links down below to see what they're all about. Loki Battle Mats has again created beautiful tabletop accessories for your maps to place your minis and go to various places, whether it's lava filled chasms or the deck of the SS Ulysses. And then Heroes Journal is a productivity journal. So, yeah, but I'm Isaac your host and GM, and with me, we have...
0: I am Sam Williams, and I play Clive Jensen.
1: And for your listening pleasure, your ear holes, we bring you this episode of Starlight.
0: Hey, Neuralink, access memories.
1: Accessing. At last, we turn to Clive Jensen. Since the final test that dubbed the Spacers officially as Squad Luma and shadow members of the Acer family, Clive has been concerned with many of his own affairs. Namely, the arrival of a long anticipated friend. Memories retrieved. Before we jump into this story, we are going to rewind time a little bit back. A few episodes ago, uh Clive had been voted for inspiration, but we weren't able to give it to him. So now we extend this inspiration to Clive. Oh, sweet.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully you don't need it. Yeah, we'll see. We zoom in to, let's say, early morning steam and clouds Kind of cover the top of this landing bay on one of the towers that juts off of Etralis. It is not so busy, but it, it's also it's also not empty. You know, you have bots moving around on single wheels, others tottering on four legs, busy people and creatures going back and forth about their business, and one or two ships coming down. Every once in a while, this, these clouds that almost kind of sock the tower in start to open up as another ship comes through. One lands, you just kind of shake your head, Clive. You stand by yourself because following the test, you started to not feel so well. And you also told the, the other members of Squad Luma that you had some business to attend to and out of respect, and knowing that there are things that you needed to figure out for yourself, they let you while they went ab- about their business. And here you are about your business as the clouds part once more, and you see a spaceship come down that you recognize. For this small instance, the clouds part just enough to give you the blue skies up above and like three different moons. Uh, almost lined up in the far background just fading away as the morning continues to grow and this ship just catches the light just right that it shines super bright like a sheen off the metallic surface that you kind of cover your eyes and then suddenly the clouds cover it once more as the ship comes closer and closer. The ship itself it looks almost, it flies like a diamond its shape is like a diamond and you see where at the 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 thin ends where it tapers to points you can see turret guns that look like they can swivel in all directions in the center of the ship you see not a small but a pretty big sizable cockpit with uh, a darkened glass and you can just barely make out the shadow of someone within The ship's coming towards you, and then slowly it starts to turn sideways. And as it turns sideways, you watch as two legs start to fold out from either side to allow it to kind of land, kind of creating this almost like putting it in like a vertical shape as it touches down. You see that this ship itself is scratched, it's beamed, and it looks like it has had many paint jobs. And since the last time you've seen it, when Horace proclaimed to have won it, in a fairly intense game of, uh, of gambling, it had been a lusty red. And now you can see that it has been painted over a faded purple that tapers into like blackened edges. And where the old name used to be, it is crossed out with like yellow spray paint and a new call name spray painted underneath in yellow. It once read, Red Rocket, and now underneath it, in yellow, it reads Wanda. The gate opens. As it opens, it's kind of like you get that moment of like steam that comes out, and you see this darkened shape walking. And slowly, as the the bootsteps lead up to knees and legs and torso, you see Horace Mickleby making his way towards you. He looks... Both directions, and when he finally sees you, he lights up a great smile upon his half dwarven face. The hair on his head is pretty much completely bald. He has great, shaggy white eyebrows and white mutton chops that hang uh, bedraggled almost down past like the round of his Adam's apple. And you can see he's in a jumper suit with a uh, small bits and bobs of various second skin suit armor over it. And as he's walking out, you see his trusty blaster holstered in the side, and spray painted on top of that, you see the words BAM in yellow. And in the other one, he walks out with a tray of cupcakes. Clive Jensen as I live and breathe! Bring it in, brother!
0: Oh, Horace, it's good to see you again. It's been a while. Uh, this was ever since we got in trouble in that prison, right? You were helping me out a bit.
1: <laughs> Did you even get in trouble?
0: I got in trouble, you little shit. Well, uh, you know, that's that sounds like it's a you problem. But hey, you know, it's, it looks like you made it out, though. You look a little rough uh, rough around the edges. Getting getting white hair up there, I see. You're getting a little old old on me, Horace. <laughs> You know, you, you, you can't always
1: dye your hair. Sometimes you gotta be authentic, Mr. Jensen. And this is authentic. And I look good. I put turtle wax on this morning. Look at this shine. You don't just find it. By the way, I brought you a cupcake.
0: I see that. What, what, where?
1: First of all, why? Second of all, where did you get it? I got a new galley system up in uh, Wanda here.
0: Yeah, I've been picking I, up some new skills. What, what's up with the the, the ship change? The name on the, on the ship, Wanda? But what is it? Look.
1: A ship deserves respect. As you very well know, Clive Jensen. And Red Rocket was not becoming of a lady. This is a lady. And he hits Wanda with his like hand, and you see like a little screw fall out from <laughs> the side with a kick 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 kick. I'll fix
0: that, baby. Oh yeah, she looks to be about in the about as rough a shape as you, Horace.
1: And what about you? You don't look like you've aged a day, huh? How've you been? Oh, I'm getting mixed up in here with these Acer's, I know that.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, a little bit. I've met some people along the way that uh that I've traveled quite quite far through the galaxy with. You know, doing various things, and it just ended up happening that uh one of those guys was the Acer Berserker character and you know our journey led us here and now I guess technically I'm an acer, although I'm not really sure. It's it's been pretty wild. I mean acers and dreadnoughts and -and mythical water creatures, it's been it's been wild. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. The Clive Jensen I
1: okay. It, That's awesome.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I did my best to stay low and stay quiet, but it just seems like I can't get myself out of, these, out of these predicaments. Well. And you see that he gets very serious
1: as he leans in and he goes, You have been treading in dangerous waters, trying to uncover things that some people would say are better left covered up. So mythical creatures, dreadnoughts, acers... Yeah, they're all bound to find you. But here, come on. Why don't you show me around? Tell me a little bit about what's been going on since we've uh, last dealt with OFAX there.
0: Well, I mean, like I said, just I, we only just got here not too long ago. So I, the only place that I've really visited were, was this big ass tower, and you know, I was went to the archives to do a little research, a little bit of research on. The, some of the things that I've been working on. But, yeah, you know, I... Why don't we walk around and take a look together? We can kind of chat about what, what's what been going on. So, what have you been up to? I mean, you've traveled halfway across the galaxy just to come find me. Uh, I hadn't seen you or really heard all, all that from you after the prison. Um, well, so let's see. After...
1: You killed OFAX and lost control of yourself. <clears throat> Since I... worked my ass off to get that job... so that I could then smuggle you in... to get to OFAX... it then fell on me to take the brunt of it. And I appreciate... that you ended up talking to Warden Yip and... doing whatever it is you guys did to get her on, uh... to be a little bit nicer, more lenient. I was still working salt mines for a good while there to uh, to get myself out of trouble.
0: <laughs> oh, but And
1: I would... It, looks, it would be a lot worse if you
0: hadn't done something, but... I mean, it looks like it did some good for you. Put a little hair on your chest, you know? I mean, so really, <laughs> I think I am the good person in this scenario. Whereas I do appreciate your help in me getting into the prison. Really, I think I did Next you a time. favor.
1: Next time you... Can take the job, and I can do the interrogating, and you can take the fall, and I will go gallivanting across the universe, having adventures.
0: Um. Yeah, well, we could discuss that. We could discuss our roles in that situation. I mean, who knows? I may, you may be able to, to come with me on our next adventure, anyway. That's what you've always wanted, right? To see, to see everything, you know, go on these adventures.
1: He kind of stops and distracts as you say that and he's like halfway through eating this cupcake like the purple smears on his face he goes what did you say me having adventures when did you and you see this like look of like happiness on his face for a moment and then he realizes that maybe he doesn't quite know whatever it is he's thinking and he goes when did you remember that what I wanted to do was go on adventures
0: well first of all why are you eating my cupcake I thought you said you got that for me so now I'm hurt but there's more in the uh, Wanda (laughs) Uh, you know I I don't really know I don't really know how to how to explain it I've just been having all these weird like dreams and visions recently and you've been in them
1: really like what what have you like what the? Have you, I, what have you had what have you thought
0: the most recent I was I was in a in a field like on a farm and I had a wife my wife was there yes 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 and, yes and uh you were asking me to you were you were shipping out, and you were asking me to go with you, but I was I was telling you like that I couldn't, that I had to stay, and I had to had to take care of my family, I had to take care of my wife, but it it all just seems really blurry to me. The the one thing I always do remember in these these dreams or visions is I see that I see that rifle in the corner, that snow camo rifle, and all of it seems familiar, but at the same time unfamiliar. Hmm.
1: Well, it's good news, right? To some degree.
0: I mean, somewhat. Uh. I mean, it, on one hand, it's pleasant. It's nice to have these these memories and all. But again, I'm not. I don't. They feel real, but I don't remember them happening to me. I guess. And so, hmm. that's really the reason why I've been. Traveling around the galaxy and everything is kind of just figuring out where where these are coming from.
1: Well, what what do you what do you think would jumpstart it? You said you were on a farm. What what if we went to that farm? You think that would jumpstart your memories? And ah. You started having these more when you started seeking out the the shrined cross. Those who are still so around, we could we could do that too.
0: Yeah, yeah, we could. I've, I've come, upon, come upon some information recently that uh, probably the best lead towards them that I've had uh, in recent months that might help, but it would be quite a long journey to get there and in my current predicament with the group that I'm following, I don't really think I have the time to do it, but I have noticed that these memories and these dreams have usually come after pretty traumatic events. So I think something something along those lines is what keeps triggering it. We could take Wanda. Yeah, but I'm talking about like, it's probably going to be about a 100 day journey to get to where, where we're going. And like I said, I have somewhat of a responsibility to this group I'm with now, but I mean, I guess I I could talk to them. Maybe I can convince them to go with us, and you could join our little group, at least for the the short little bit.
1: He takes another bite out of the cupcake for you. Mm. Mm. So decadent. I've told you this before, Clive Jensen. I'm with you. I'll do anything I can to help you my friend anything
0: mm, well I could I could use the help I mean you've always been dependable Horace and you've proven that back at the back at the prison but are you sure you really want to get wrapped up in all this I mean you've like you said you've heard a little bit about what I've the kind of things I've been getting into and it, it gets pretty heavy
1: it's it's not a it's not a question whether I should or shouldn't do it I ought to do it I owe you that much
0: owe me that much for what seems like anytime we're we're together I'm just getting you into trouble
1: (laughs) well you just like you remembered for adventure (laughs)
0: <laughs> i only that much for adventure only that much for adventure huh i don't know that seems seems a little sus but i trust you horace i do also i went to the, the archives here in the city I was doing a little bit of research mm-hmm. on tea making and baking i've gotten into that now by the way but found this lovely village while i was doing on a mission with the acers and there's a uh what do you call them, tea tea specialists or whatever, who said she was willing Mm -hmm. to take me under her wing and teach me the art form. (laughs) My Clive Jensen, a tea maker. That's a nice ring to it, doesn't it?
1: Well, if you do that, and I keep perfecting the art of baking, we could open a shop together, my friend. Yeah, we could. Once we get this all sorted out, I'll lay down uh, old Bam here. Why not? That sounds amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, is it uh, here
1: in town? I'd love to see it.
0: Here in this town, yeah. I mean, it, I'm sure it would do fantastic, and I don't see why. I mean, we'd be working together again, which would be lovely, and we'd be staying out of people's hair, which keeps us out of trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, it's uh, even as I get older, it's it doesn't get easier to stay out of trouble. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, so, you're getting
1: real old. Yeah, I'll just tell you though, I'm glad I got out of the. Of the FRA before everything went down within Duel. Yeah, that was wild.
0: I was there for that. What? But that's besides the point. Um, I also have another lead on the Shrine Cross, There's in, uh, there's a news reporter that was there when the Shrine Cross was raided, and she works at the mm-hmm. K-Ron News Network on XR4. Have you ever been there? New Toral? Oh yeah, sure I've been there once or twice. New Toral? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Kidding me? That's where I'm from, Clive Jensen. New Toral?
0: Oh, well, you know, it, there's a lot of things that's been going on. I don't remember every detail about everything. Don't give me a hard time. You want to go? I bet you'd love it. I mean, that probably be a whole lot easier to convince my group that it, that I could go there. I mean, it seems like it would be a lot, sh- a lot shorter distance. Yeah, we could probably make it oh, there sure. and back before anyone even noticed. For sure, short distance. What do you think? if we went, You think you think uh, old Wanda's got it in her? You think she can she can get us there and back? Are you kidding me? Oh, Wanda, old oh, Wanda, she is a faithful
1: girl. And she knows what she's doing threading her way through this galaxy.
0: Well she mm-hmm. she looks a little rough. You sure she's gonna hold? <laughs> All right. That's the
1: exterior baby. You should see the way she works from the inside.
0: Are you gonna be able to pilot us over there, or am I gonna have to show off and take over? You know,
1: I wouldn't mind stretching back and just chilling if you wanna, if you wanna take the flight patterns for me. Sure.
0: Mm, I guess I could do that for you, make up for all the trouble I got you in and over at the prison. That should be enough, right?
1: Oh, that'll be perfect. Just let me re-up on some supplies because I am getting tired
0: of freeze-dried flour.
1: And various <laughs> other things.
0: You're still eating that stuff? God, you know that <laughs> shit's bad for you. Yeah, well, you it's know. Probably what's aging turns you.
1: your face. I think it's what got rid of my hair.
0: That's probably true. That's why I stopped eating it a long time ago when I told you to. Yeah, well, you
1: know, habits die hard. So yeah. we'll get some fresh stuff here. And then what do you think? we take off by the night?
0: Yeah, I think so, I think that'll be our best. I just gotta send out a message to my comrades and let them know at least that I'm gonna be gone for a little while and, and I guess we can move on from there.
1: All right, you do what you gotta do.
0: Yeah, that sounds
1: good. I'll go pick up the supplies and then meet up with you maybe a little bit sooner than that. We'll grab some food. It's gonna be great, Clive. Been looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. It'll be fun to work together again um and in the meantime i'm gonna send a message out to ray and atlas kind of let him know that uh hey Horace has showed up we're gonna we're gonna head off off planet for a little bit to uh, need to help him out with some stuff that he's working on and since we've got some downtime anyway i figured uh, you guys would be fine here just keep me updated keep me posted on anything that goes on here if or if i need to Make my way back because the acers need us for something, you just let me know.
1: So the day goes by, and it's a pretty uneventful day. You think that maybe at one point you maybe spy Ray doing something, but it's so far off in the distance, and the person scurs off so fast you're not quite sure. And, you know, there are, like, little hints and whispers of, like, the talk of the day. Some of it seems to concern some Duke fella being overthrown. But other than that, it's it's a good time of just catching up with Horace, hearing some of his the tales of what it was like to hear about the Pelagium Pact from uh, his perspective of where he was, his, his excitement about his newest hobbies, yet another failed relationship for him. Hmm. That's
0: not surprising.
1: You also do get some probing questions about your dreams, but whenever you try to follow up more on them, he seems to kind of, like, shirk away from that attention and always kind of change the subject a little bit or just lets the silence hang a little bit too long. And, you know, conversations go back back and forth. But uh, at, at some point, you do see Gwenevieve Watson as you guys are preparing to leave and you're loading some stuff up into Wanda. You see Gwenevieve Watson with her wearing her science overalls, and she's carrying what looks to be, like, some oversized duffel bag, the kind that's made of complete canvas and, like, has one strap, just plain brown with a ugly zipper on it. And she's carrying it with both hands as she's coming out towards you. And she goes, Hey! Uh, Clive! Clive, over here! Uh-huh. Atlas told me that you were heading out. Uh, and I... <laughs> She comes to a stop and she goes, "Oh, hey, hi. My name is But she sees Horace, and Horace looks at her, raises an eyebrow, looks at you. See, he whispers to you, "Nice." Yeah,
0: now, 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 don't you get any funny ideas, Horace? I think she's uh, she's spoken for already, and not by me. Oh, okay, okay. And trust me, you Hates. don't want to go down that road. Trust you, buddy. I trust you.
1: It's nice to meet you. Horace Mickleby, and he
0: sweeps into this
1: gentleman's like bow. Clive just <laughs> laughed. Oh, uh, wow! Very. Um, we don't get very many th- with manners like you. It's uh, Guinevere, um, and actually, this is for you, Clive. I-, I wanted to catch you before all of you were going out um, onto some of your uh, trips, and since you're going out on your own. I wasn't able to drop this off with the other, so, um, uh, this is a little bit of a sorry for that part, that, uh, (laughs) that frog tranquilizer, and, um, yeah, and then I, you know, I I think Atlas has told you, but I, I do create some experimental things on the side, uh, to be used, and so, anyways I was when I was working on you I noticed that your the scope on your weapon was pretty messed up so I thought maybe you know it's nothing groundbreaking but I could maybe make you a new attachment that would uh that would be helpful um yeah all of that's in in the bag um and she hands it over to you and she starts to walk away and she stops and kind of scratches the side of her face and just. You make sure you come back safe, okay? I don't know what you're going off to, but if it's anything like what Atlas does, then there's a good chance you might not make it back. And he doesn't speak much about his feelings, but he's rarely with people as much as you and. much as you and, I guess, honestly, Ray now. And if anything were to happen to you he I think it would break his heart.
0: Well, I appreciate the uh the concern, Genevieve, and I appreciate the gift, especially after what I did to you at the the nightclub with that that poutine. Right. <laughs> but uh you don't need to worry about me. I got hor I got Horace here. He's he's about as capable as anybody and you know, I'll make sure I come back uh and want anything to happen to atlas either even though he's he's a big tough man i'm sure you know he'll he'll be fine but i appreciate your concern i appreciate you coming all the way out here to give me this i'll make sure it gets uh, put to good use okay and
1: then she gives you just out of the blue a big hug and she's she just oh. it's like a friend's hug and she's just like let's go pretty quickly and she says be safe and yeah I enjoyed that time we all got to hang out and then she hurries off Morris goes spoken for huh
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, no no it's nothing like that she said that acer fella in our group I was telling you about earlier I'm pretty sure they got something going on she just he's just very uh, not into his emotions <laughs> but. Mm. But, too bad but that's besides the point I'm sure you'll meet them later probably when we when we come back
1: sounds like a good fella you know I uh, met plenty who uh, soldiers who've been good folk who've just gone through things lead to battle fatigue and stuff
0: yeah he's he's definitely saved my life more than once and I I do owe him a lot but I think he definitely is hurting a lot more under the surface than he'll let on but anyway we should probably s- start heading out All righty,
1: grabs a duffel bag
0: and helps you kind of like
1: take it up into the... into Wanda. And as you guys... you come in into it and he takes his normal seat and as he closes the ramp and Wanda begins to lift off in a way... He uh, allows you to take the cockpit seat and within the interior of this play... of this... of Wanda it's almost like a uh, how the best way to, i could describe it is it's old it has a slight smell to it like too much spilt coffee it's comprised of about four rooms and then from the cockpit room there's like ladders where you can climb up to the different gunner seats at the tips of the ship but it's almost like one of those really old plush vans that the seats are sofas. Like a 70s style. There's like little, style. like, yeah, like a 70s style. There's like window shades you can pull down over the window.
0: Can you make a perception roll? Yeah, and Clive's just like, you know, gathering, gathering his thoughts. Like, Man, horse, when was the, when was the last time you cleaned this place? It reeks. Well, it's not like I'm entertaining anyone. <laughs> well, pff, I can definitely see why. Uh, eighteen for insight check. In the cockpit space, as you are
1: piloting it you notice that there are like a few personal effects. One being like a a bandana of green that's like hanging from like a little hook of some sort. It seems to kind of like hang in a place where a lot of people would put stuff for like good luck maybe. There's like a little plaque on the side that says something to the effect of don't fly faster than your guardian angel. And then also you see a small tray filled with like a white powder And sitting in the box, partly in, is you see a syringe that has, like, a little bit of, like, liquid within it. You would know that this is a particularly dangerous drug called dagger. And it's not something that you would ever recommend anyone partake in. Then you also see a picture that is set up in, like, an old frame you just barely see it but you do see the totality of it as Horace nonchalantly comes walking over with like a cup of coffee he made and he like nonchalantly like kind of flips it down thinking that you didn't see it and grabs it and puts it into a back pocket but it is a picture of what appears to be a much younger Horace, brown hair like full head of hair he is dressed in a very fine like a suit and then has uh, a kilt beneath that and he is standing at the best man position of what looks to be like a wedding scene except that the wedding scene has you and your lovely bride or once bride standing next to each other and everyone looks happy in the midst of a toast and he sits mostly on the other butt cheek sips from the coffee and he goes <sighs> so this is going to be something isn't it
0: yeah I think so what was, the, what was that picture I like that maybe you were in there but younger picture? what picture? Yeah, the one I just saw you put in your back pocket you're not as sly as you think you are worse. no no Clive Jensen I <laughs> I think that you're
1: um, I think that you're seeing things oh did you hear that that's the ding of the uh, galley of them getting prepped
0: I will be back he mm. you knows something he you knows something that he's not telling me but oh well I noticed anything else in the in, was there anything else in the cockpit besides the picture and the possible drugs anything from that perception check now
1: okay. if you want to like... basically it's going to be let me see here because you need to fly to a to a hypergate and that is going to be an 8 day journey to get there basically you have plenty of time to investigate
0: the ship at your leisure yeah I think I'm gonna kind of snoop around a little bit more while he's in the back investigation check on the, uh, the cockpit, just to see if there's just, I can see anything else. Uh, Clive would be a little, his senses would be a little heightened now at this point, after the way that Boris acted about that picture, because I clearly saw what it was, but he was still trying to hide it. And he may know something that he's not sharing with me. 18 for investigation. As you start
1: searching around the cockpit, you don't necessarily find anything incriminating about Horace or anything like that to like your senses of like something being off you more so you find things that are kind of giving you more of uh, just you, you find more things of like things that he's like into you see that he's really into like smutty fiction books that's more so what you turn up
0: whatever keeps him company on these long journeys
1: <laughs> as you're like passing looking around the cockpit there's a moment where you kind of look outside and from the cockpit bubble, it's kind of, the window's kind of bubbled. So if you like lean forward, you can kind of see some of the edges of the ship and you accidentally knock something over and it falls into the bubble. So you kind of go and you start grabbing them while Horace is in the background, kind of humming to himself. And as you're reaching down to the last one. You look far down and you see a strange red light emanating from the tip of the of Wanda. And it's not a light that necessarily is natural to the ship. In fact it looks something more like a tracking beacon that someone placed on the on the hull
0: of the ship. I'm gonna call Horace back into the cockpit. Hey, uh hey, what's up? Hey uh Horace take a take a look at this mm-hmm. real quick. Is this is this part of the ship? Doesn't seem like it should be there
1: hell is that? No, that shouldn't be there.
0: Oh, Wanda, what have they done to you? Somebody, <clears throat> is somebody following you, Horace?
1: I mean, it looks like a tracking beacon. If it tracks like a tracking beacon, and it looks like a tracking beacon, it's probably a tracking beacon. Someone's probably tracking us, yes. Okay,
0: I don't need your sarcastic attitude. I was asking you a question. Who would it be? Do you have any <laughs> but, idea who it might be? Who have you pissed off recently, Horace? I know you've been good at that.
1: Who have I pissed off? I don't know.
0: Warden, yep. And he starts to actually
1: think seriously about it. He rolled a history check to see who he's pissed off. He rolled a natural one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I'm perfect, man.
0: Oh, you're still as full of yourself as ever. Uh, Well, we need to make... We need to make a... We need to get this tracker off the ship or... We're going to be in trouble. I agree.
1: We could, uh... We could find out who's tracking us.
0: You mean, like... Set a trap?
1: Why not? You kidding me? Someone's tracking us?
0: Yeah, I mean... I mean, we haven't... We haven't flown too far yet. I mean, they're still probably... Who knows how long they've been tracking your, your ship, but they're probably not too far behind us. Well... Then I suggest we land this thing and see if we can't find out who it is.
1: Alright, alright, we're not too far out. You want to bring her back down planet side?
0: Yeah, I think that'll be best. We gotta try to not act act like we know. So just act natural, park it where we normally park it and just go about our business.
1: Alright, we're making a U-turn, my friend. Making a U-turn. Wanda, we'll show them what we got. You're not making a good show of yourself getting caught tracked. Red Rock at Wanda, you are clear to land. And Horace goes, copy that, check. And the ship comes down as you land on the tower where you were before. The smog and the clouds have burned out from the prior day. It's just a starry night sky and there's maybe one other ship in the area. As you guys load off, the Taskmaster kind of makes a note that you had left and come back. And horse kind of waves it off and says, Yeah, we just had some business down uh, on the other side of the planet. And he pays the fee for the ship to be docked there.
0: Well, horse, I'm going gonna... to be the best way to catch someone. Can I Can I ask the um, the Taskmaster if there was any other ships that left pretty soon after we did.
1: He's a spindly looking human and he goes well, uh, I'm not really supposed to speak on such matters as they're private, but um I could be persuaded to uh, tell you.
0: I mean, I c- guess I could you know, accidentally transfer the wrong person some credits if it I could get a little bit of information, if you know what I mean.
1: Well, if you were to accidentally transfer the wrong person's some credits, uh, that wrong person's account might just be these here digits. And he kind of turns over like a, a data pad for you to see. How much do you want to transfer?
0: Like a hundred credits?
1: That'll do it. Yeah. It was a uh, ship by the name of Balin's Cry. And two, uh,. No, no, wait. The three folks flying it. Mmm. Nasty types. All of them white knights. Said they were looking for a particular synth.
0: Mm. Horace, do you recognize the name Balin's Cry at all?
1: Horace shakes his head. Oh, I've never. Never
0: heard of that. Alright, well, I say thank you to the taskmaster, and I look over to Horace. I'm like, well, I think we need to, should we wait around to see if these guys come back? Seems like they're only tracking our ship, so if we head too far from the ship, they may not know exactly where we are, we could set up a trap for them. Or we could wait, we could wait here on the dock, see if they come back, confront them then. Like the idea of gathering some information,
1: we could hide here on the dock. Maybe we could get an idea of who we're dealing with.
0: Yeah, I feel
1: like our best course of action is to try and find a good vantage point. Whether we wanna, you wanna pull an ambush on them or just do some reconnaissance, I'm game for either. But if they put one scratch on her, there will be hell to pay.
0: It's pretty late. So how many people are on around the? docking area oh it's it's dead it's just dead so it's pretty much just okay
1: yeah and then the taskmaster doesn't even stay on the dock he like leaves goes some into the tower itself into like some separate place do whatever he's doing because it's not warm out there and there's not many people landing
0: could i do like a survival check to see if maybe there's a spot that Horace and i could wait out in in the docking area to see if the ship comes back definitely uh do you want survival stealth Survival. Fifteen? What do you see? Just see a lot of like cargo crates, you know. I'm assuming that, that the dock is used to uh, store a lot of freight and whatnot, where like freighter ships taking supplies everywhere and I would imagine that there's an area that's pretty pretty full of that kind of stuff. I'm gonna grab this the scope off of my gun and kinda use that as as a better view on anything that might be coming in. <laughs>
1: as you're looking with that you can make your perception roll checks with advantage you guys wait 5 10 15 and in about 20 25 minutes another ship pierces from the darkness it seems to have some sort of have been retrofitted with something to take away 60% of the noise it makes And it's still a considerable amount, but it's much quieter. In fact, that's so much so that if you were in another vehicle, you probably wouldn't hear it approach. It's a triangular-shaped starship.
0: Hey, Horace. Horace, I I think this is it. I'm watching. I'm watching.
1: And you see it open up. And as you are watching, you see similar to that time you were confronted with the Reveries a couple months ago at the Hypergate when they were looking for sense, you see what looked like something akin to those Reverie members walking out. There's two of them, and they have the crystal abidi on top of this ar- uh, archaic-looking armor that gleams and glitters of its own accord, and there's very few... Like, there's some, like, lighting elements that pulsate neon glows up and down, like the breastplate and stuff like that. And there's visors that completely cover the, the heads. You can see that they have great swords on their backs. And then you can just make out, on alongside their belts, what look to be, like, some sort of equipment to create their own personal shields, which are... You would know that these these shields require slow weapons to hit them and if ever hit by Radiant, it creates like a nuclear detonation. So you see that the shields aren't on, but you can see you can see the generator for those personal shields. And these these figures you see the same Taskmaster from before come out and words are shared between them. It looks like he they pay. A few more words are shared and then Taskmaster hurries off. The two members of the White Knights look at each other, and then they continue talking. And then one of them goes to look at the Wanda. As he does, he starts to trace his hand over to the tracking beacon, leaves it be, shouts something back at the other guy. Yeah. Oh. Looks like they're not here. Should I wait till morning? Yeah, sounds like a good idea. But, in the meanwhile, why don't we break in and do what we can learn about him. Alright, why don't you go grab Aaron and see if he can open this up. And then the other white knight head back into the ship to go grab this Aaron fella. Well, of I think...
0: Does Wanda have any sort of security measures built into her at all?
1: Ah, besides the basic minimum, not really. I haven't really had the time or money to put into that. Kind
0: of been working in mines, remember? Oh, I
1: guess that's true. I guess that's true.
0: And how many How many guys were there? There were two
1: outside, but sounds like there's a third inside that's within their ship, Balen's Cry, to come and try and hack open the doors to it's, Wanda.
0: And so there's one in the ship. One's going back into the ship to to get yes. him. So there's only one out there right now.
1: Only one out right now.
0: And how far away is he from us?
1: He is about fifty feet.
0: And how far away is he from his ship? About twenty. Twenty.
1: There are various other crates along the way, and there is a third ship that's maybe like in the center of the landing pad.
0: Could we start moving, like moving it a, a little bit closer, but staying behind crates or behind the ship? Go ahead and give me
1: a stealth roll for you and Horus. Horus has no pluses.
0: A 19, and Horus is going to get a nat
1: 20. So Horus goes, All right. It's like the good old times. And you guys start to make your way. You masterfully move your way with those high rolls, not to one set of other crates, but also underneath the legs of the docked ship. And you are you're about fifteen feet away from Wanda and about twenty feet away from Balin's cry. and the member of the White Knights is still staring his back towards you up at the ship. You can hear the sounds of voices emerging
0: from Balin's cry. All right, Horace. I think I think before those other two come back, I think we should try to grab this this guy while he's while he's not paying any attention. See what kind of information we can get out of him. I like think you and I are gonna tag team him. You go up and knock him out real quick and I'll drag him back. And we'll hold here until the other guys leave. I love it.
1: It's gonna be like that time. We both grabbed that Arkin down at the sands of glamour. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was, man, that felt like it was a lifetime ago.
1: Yeah, that's why my nose is crooked. I got hit by the hoof in the face.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember. You cried about that for a whole week. It was just bleeding yeah, yeah. everywhere.
1: Okay, enough reminiscing. We're going to lose our chance. You ready? Yeah,
0: let's do it. You're going to roll a
1: stealth roll for both of you again. And it's going to be versus this guy's perception.
0: Okay, Horace got a 17, Clive is gonna get a 14. He rolled an 11,
1: so you both move fast up to him. He doesn't even notice. Go ahead and make a strength roll, and you can just do it just you with advantage.
0: Uh, 19.
1: When you go and you both grab him, it is like hitting a brick wall. You just poop poof. poof. Immediately, instinctively, his body just moves without thinking, or he pushes both of you away. He got a 22. One hand comes up, catches Horace right under his chin and knocks him back onto his back. And then he uses his other hands and kind of pushes you up with his palm onto your chest and pushes you away. He spins around. Ah, oh, there you are. The taskmaster was right. You two were hiding about. And he presses a button and you see the personal shield generator go and it completely covers him he pulls forth this claymore from his back and he presses a button on the end of it and he watches the blade within like this like hilt starts to vibrate ever so slightly Aaron, Jiraj they've come to play you hear the footsteps come down the back of Balin's cry you hear the sounds of two more energy shields go (laughs) You're an initiative. Clive, you are up first. So it's you and Horus.
0: I'm gonna cast Ensnaring Strike on him. So the next time I hit the creature with a weapon attack before the spell ends, a writhing mass of vines appears at the point of impact, and it must succeed on a strength saving throw or be restrained. So I'm gonna attack him with my knife. It's gonna be a 22 to hit. hit five points of damage. You now have a writhing mass of thorny vines that are going to sprout out from his arm and kind of try to wrap around his body.
1: So he's going to go ahead and try and make his saving throw. He does not make it. He rolls. It wraps around him, and you see it put the clay more awkwardly against his body where he can't use it very easily.
0: Horse horse, we, we need to make it on the ship and get out of here. I don't think we're going to be able to... I don't think we're, we're a match for these guys. I'm going to use my movement and just basically just run back into the cockpit as quickly as I can to get the ship ready to go. Okay, what do you want Horus
1: to do? You're, you get to control him.
0: Uh, Horus is going to run after me, and then he's going to use his action to try to pilot the ship out of there.
1: He spits on the person's, like, helmet. <laughs> woo <Woo-hoo>! Let's go! <laughs> he turns on the ship. Go ahead and roll a survival roll for him. He gets a plus five. Uh, fifteen. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> Wanda just goes, and it rises awkwardly. And he goes, "Hey, Clive, jump down in the turrets. And show them that we mean business. Let's do it, floor it, horse <laughs> And uh, he starts to take off. And as he's doing that, we'll say the gates are starting to close and the White Knight. He's going to use his action to try and break free of the ensnaring strike as the ship is rising and the ramp's closing. That was a 26. He rips off the vines with a breaks and turns to like nanobot dust. He turns and just runs and he leaps for the ship. Horace is piloting the ship away. You can roll him another survival check, and this white knight is going to roll his athletics check. And if he beats yours, he grabs onto the doors. Okay.
0: Ooh, nat 20. Let's go. 10.
1: Horace pulls it back and he goes, Oh, I'm getting a bogey, I'm getting a bogey. pulls back. And you both peer down as you see the White Knight go flying off the edge of the tower and capitulating into darkness. As the ship raises up and Horus begins to strafe around. I want to fire at their ship.
0: Uh, 13 plus 3 for 16.
1: As of right now. Balin's cry does not have any of its shielding up, so your attacks Jeez. scour right into the heart of the ship and just. And uh, Horus goes, That's what I'm talking about! Let's get going to New
0: Man, have been together more than a day, Horace, and look, look at look what we're getting ourselves into. <laughs>
1: this is what you missed with me being gone.
0: We need to hightail it to New before anybody finds out what we did, and before they are able to repair their ship and come after us. It's from there as you're
1: kind of like speaking through the relays from the bottom of the of the turret. You know that you look down at your feet. And you see the picture that Horace took out of the picture frame and he tossed down below, hoping that you wouldn't see it. Like, just kind of discarding it as quickly as he could. You see it below your boot as you move it. And, uh, you can see it's, like, slightly bent from where you stepped on it, not realizing it. And there's a little bit of writing on the back. I look at it. You pull it up, it's You get a better look at the at the picture and one of the things that that strikes you is just how happy everyone looks. You can almost feel that day even though you have no memory of it. And it's you don't know why Horace would try to hide that from you. But the other thing is, Horace looks much younger than he does now. Much younger than even when at the prison. But for you, it's like, it's almost as if you all have always known Horace at the age he is right now. You can't really remember a time when he was younger, but there must have been. Even earlier, you noticed the crow lines on his face, and compared to here, it looks like a boy that managed to grow a beard. But the other thing that you notice, strange in this picture, is the man in the picture, you know it's you. You just do. Maybe it's the wolf-like eyes, the smile, or just a sense of knowing. But this person doesn't look anything like you otherwise. This looks like a different man, but somehow you know it's you. And then on the back, as you flip it over, it's words written from to Horace, And it says, my dear friend, thank you for officiating our wedding. Tess and I had the greatest of times. And even though you will be shipping out soon, I hope that you keep this picture with you always to know that I hold you close and dear as a brother and as a friend. And then the bottom is signed with the name. And what is the name at the bottom? Corby. And... I think that that's probably how this game ends with you guys escaping. shuttling us. As, <laughs> as you guys shuttle away escaping to the hypergate. the crackles of Kashin air control members yelling at you guys as to like why you would open fire. It's
0: the time that we're uh, leaving also I mean, I'm going to send a message to the, the group and update especially Atlas and let them know exactly what happened. Um, mm-hmm. And to send him if I can like a maybe a like recording or that my uh, neural link might have captured so we can just kind of see that this is what happened that we were being tracked, we were being attacked kind of thing. Um, so that way it'll hopefully ease the blow uh, when we eventually have to make our way back.
1: In the midst of chaos, you guys make your way out into a sea of stars towards the hypergate, and in that time you'll also get a chance to look through the rest of what uh Guinevere packed you and it seems to be just like some spare clothes very mothering but also there's a small note that says something to the effect of how much she enjoyed that you guys would even think to invite her out and she also really loved your company and then she also says i don't know you well enough other than that you snipe so so uh, here's a charm the note basically tells you about a charm that her grandmother made for her but it's a charm for protection according to her it holds some amount of magic although she's never seen any real magic come from it but nonetheless she thought you might like it it is the outside is reamed in gold and the inside has like a onks black beetle set in the center deep purple stones silhouette the outside of it and then you actually realize that the entire beetle is actually carved of crystal. And as a magic item, this is what it is and what it does. It is a Scarab of Protection. There is a small, minute crack that does run through the center of it, and it does require attunement. If you hold this beetle-shaped medallion in your hand for one round, Uh, you kind of start to realize some of its magical nature, and it provides two benefits while it's on you. The first is affected by the crack. Normally, it would give you advantage on saving throws against, against spells all the time. With the crack in the middle, it gives you three charges for saving throws against spells. And then additionally, the Scarab has 12 separate charges, and it's, if you fail a saving throw against a necromancy spell or a harmful effect originating from anything that would count as an undead creature, you can use your reaction to expend one charge and turn the failed save into a successful one, but the scarab will crumble and be destroyed when that last charge is expended. And those charges never come back. But the ones against regular spells recharge every day at dawn. And with that, thank you guys for listening, and... We'll see you next time.
0: See you around, guys.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at StarlightAdventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.